This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. Excited. We're going to start in James chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to James chapter 4. I've entitled the message today, Tis the Season, because I'm in the Christmas spirit. There's just no way around it. It's cold out. It's got a little rainy Tennessee snow is what I like to call it. It's like a drizzle. Um, and it just feels like Christmas. I grew up in uh, Florida. Uh, I say I grew up. I spent several years there as an adolescent. And our Christmases were so sad because they were like 85 degrees. And, and uh, it just never really felt like Christmas. So uh, for me, I attempt to get the most I can out of the Christmas spirit. Uh, we're going to start in James. I'm, I promise to deliver uh, a very uplifting and promising, encouraging sermon to you this morning because it is the holidays. Read with me, if you would, starting in 13, James 4:13. It says this, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, while you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast and you brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Does that feel uplifting to you yet? It'll get better. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, when preached, it does not return void. And God, I speak on behalf of every single uh, man, woman, and child in this room when I say that, God, we're going to pause for a moment and we're going to hear from you. We're not going to hear from David. We're going to hear from you. We ask you to speak volumes into our life with the words that are spoken today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. By far, the worst thing about Christmas is the rude Christmas shopper. So before we even jump in much further, let's all just promise right now before God and man that we will not be the rude Christmas shopper. Can you promise with me that you will not be the rude Christmas shopper? Um, We all have this Norman Rockwell idyllic image of what Christmas should be like. And for me, um, it's, it's a cozy chair in front of the fire with a Christmas tree uh, some light Christmas music playing, uh, not my kids staring at me out the window uh, as I pull up in my car, but I, I have this specific vision of what Christmas should look like. And I try to do everything I can to set this scene, vibe if you will, every single evening in my home as we light the fire and, and I try to get the kids to be calm and sit down and play, which absolutely never happens. And we get the tree uh, uh, going and, and we just sit, drink hot chocolate, and I think that's it, right? I don't know what goes further than that. It's just the Christmas thing, right? And so I prepared a short video clip uh, for you. This is my ideal image of Christmas. When I think of Christmas, this is it. So take a look. And that's it. You just sit there. And uh, 
But isn't that what you think of as Christmas? If only we cannot make it snow, though. I've tried to pay some of our students to to like sprinkle snow off the roof of my house, like some fake powdered so that I could get the full effect. Uh, I'm praying. Will you believe with me today for some snow, at least on Christmas? Um, you just sort of feel like that. Uh, and it just feels cozy. Like everyone probably breathed like a sigh of relief. Like, ah, right. Unfortunately, Christmas turns out a little bit more like this. Take a look at this video. Three may be hot, but some gamers' tempers even hotter. A melee broke out in California between customers waiting for the new PlayStation 3, and it was all caught on tape. The Best Buy employee asked customers to move against a wall and form a line for the new game system, and that's when the chaos broke out. Customers started trampling each other and fighting for the top spot in line. Police had to move in and break up the fight. So far, no reports of any injuries or arrests. I like the yelling at the end. It just uh, sort of sets that off. Um, I've analyzed this video and watched it uh, many, many times. And uh, the only thing I can come up with is that uh, we just forget that we're in public sometimes, right? That we just completely lose sight of the fact that uh, we're humans amongst other human beings. And so we act like animals, I guess. And, and it happens to most of us, uh, if we were to be honest. Uh, we go about our business making plans, detailed plans, often as if God does not even exist. We go about our day, um, not just through the holidays, uh, throughout our lives we make plans, uh, whether it be to, to attend uh, different things and functions and we get our kids and stuff. And we go about our day and we make these plans as if God does not exist. And every single year we talk about how busy we are. Every single person, if we had a dollar for every time one of you said, I'm busy, we would probably be millionaires uh, several times over because we're all slammed. And it's not just Christmas. This goes out through the whole year. We're always busy. It's not even worth saying, I'm busy, because we understand that each and every one of us are busy. And if you don't think um, that it's a little crazy out there, specifically this time of year, uh, I encourage each and every one of you to visit the uh, Opryland Hotel on the weekend. 6.30, 7 o'clock at night would be good. Um, block off a couple of hours just for parking, and you will find... Uh, the Christmas rush in full-fledged. We did this last weekend uh, with some of Margie's family. And can I just say we'll probably never do that again on a weekend because um, people are just crazy right now. Uh, but we get into this huge rush, and um, we find ourselves almost mindless just going about trying to find the perfect gift or trying to find the, the perfect thing. And, and for me, I try to set this um, epic scene where I, I feel Christmas all the time every evening and I strive so hard to get the kids to be just right and the fire to, to flare up just perfect. And, and again, with the snow, that doesn't happen. And, and I end up just a little bit disappointed, but I end up just running around crazy. And you do the same thing. And, and so I was thinking the other day, what's would happen if Jesus ran around like you and I? How much shorter would our Bible be if Jesus was as busy as you and I are? It wouldn't be much of a challenge to get everybody to read their Bible, right? Because it'd be like less than the Twilight series books. It'd be like maybe 300 pages or uh, 150. Because we would find Jesus just constantly in a frantic, missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to minister to the people he comes into contact with. And yet... We find Jesus didn't quite live like you and I do. Uh, and even though he's our example, we still kind of live a little crazy. Now, I am a trip uh, point A to point B taker. Does anybody like to just get to your destination, no stops? Anybody? 
I'd like to get straight to where I'm going. No stops. Uh, anybody who's traveled with me knows it's a struggle. It's a fight. I have lost a great many battles to my beautiful wife on the front row in the car halfway up 65 uh, towards Indianapolis. And she said, we're stopping. And I say, we're not stopping. And she says, we're stopping. And uh, I, won't, I won't tell you how that ends, but it ends with me stopping, I suppose. Uh, there is some dot, dot, dots in between there. Uh, because I'm so focused on where I'm heading that I just hate to stop. And, and we go to see my parents up near Indianapolis, and, and, it, and we can make it in like three and a half hours because uh, they're this side of Indianapolis, but it's usually like a four and a half hour drive, right? Uh, because of stops. And, and again, it just uh, it, it drives me crazy to do that. And, and I have to humble myself and, and, and pause for a moment to gather my thoughts again. We find Jesus in John chapter 4. Uh, on a trip, he's going from Judea uh, to Galilee, and uh, this is this is not just a, a small trip. This is about a 70-mile trip, uh, which would not be uh, that difficult if he had the kind of uh, vehicles that you and I have. Uh, but what we find Jesus doing, as most of you know, is he walks everywhere he goes. And so this is about a two-and-a-half-day trip. Anybody walked for two-and-a-half days? Uh, I did soul walk this summer. It was like a mile, and I was spent. So two-and-a-half days, in my mind, would be a huge challenge. And so uh, John chapter 4, uh, verse 5, we pick up uh, Jesus about halfway in between the two places in a place called Samaria. And it says this, So he came to a town in Samaria called Shar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, which is an understatement, I believe, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, saying, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given it living water. Now, a lot of times we look at some other implications in that scripture, the fact that Jesus was talking to someone he shouldn't have been, the fact that he was in a place he shouldn't have been, I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to point out any of those facts. What I want to point out is the fact that Jesus, as tired as he was, stopped, took time to minister to somebody. Now, if we break that story down, we understand that um, Jesus was obviously thirsty. We find that very quickly in the passage. Obviously, he was hungry. He sent his guys out to get some food, and he was obviously tired. And yet, he took the time to meet the need of the person around him. Jesus Christ, he could draw a crowd, he could speak to thousands. Um, if he were here today, he would pack arenas. Uh, he stopped to talk to one person. Now when I get hungry, just hungry, not thirsty, just hungry, I get a little grouchy. The last thing I think about doing is ministering to someone else. When I get tired, especially after a, a short walk or jog, God forbid, I get a little cranky. The last thing I think about doing is ministering to the needs of others. And we won't even talk about how thirsty I get and how, how ugly I can be. Because the fact is, you and I are probably similar. When we find ourselves in, a, in an inconvenient situation, where everything's just not right, where we didn't get the full six hours sleep, or eight hours, or 15, whatever you get, I don't know, and we didn't uh, maybe get our, our full meal, we got it cut short, or we, we forgot to eat, and we find ourselves beside us, Right? like the crazy Christmas shoppers. We just go nuts. And Jesus, despite his condition, was completely open, honest, and ready to minister to someone's needs. Now, 
In this story, the main character, uh, the story were about me. The story would probably go something like David uh, was walking for, uh, you know, a couple of miles and he come across a well and he was tired and he started complaining. Nobody was around. He just was complaining to himself. And a woman walked by to get some water and she offered him a cup just so he would go away. And he did. And the end of the story. Or maybe it would go something like David walked past a well and waved at a woman and kept on going because I like to go from point A to point B. The fact is that you and I, we tend to get focused on our plans, on our agendas, on what we want to accomplish. And we don't like to be put out, especially when it comes to the holidays. If you don't believe me, uh, uh, you probably at some point have picked out the perfect gift and turned to go get in line at Target and realized that it's backed up all the way, there's 30, 40 people, and you said, ah, you became inconvenienced. And I've become inconvenienced, and we don't like to be that way. And this season we're busy, We are uh, maybe busier than normal, but I believe that this isn't just a holiday message isolated uh, for those this season. I believe we're busy all the time, and sometimes we're too busy. We're too busy, and rarely do we uh, consider what it is that God wants to do in our lives. If you're taking notes, I'm going to start with the first point, which is a good place to start. I believe that God is asking us to, one, be listening. I believe that he's asking us to be listening for what it is that he has for you and I. James 4 starts out what? Now listen. Now listen. Why would it need to start out now listen? When you're reading the Bible or when you're hearing someone talk, when someone says now listen, it's a little insulting sometimes. But it encourages us to draw a little closer, to lean in, to pay just a little bit more attention to what's about to be said. And I want us to be listening now. Because I believe that God wants to use us. And I don't mean really, I don't mean just listen, like, okay, I hear you, whatever, let's move on. I mean really listen with intent. Here's what happens a lot. I have a standard greeting, and, and it started to become a, a, a kind of a running joke, and so I'll probably switch it up this 2010. I haven't decided. But um, I usually say, what's going on, right? Seems smart. What's going on? You probably say something like, uh, how's it going? That's standard. Um, What we expect is for someone to say, hey, everything's good, and move on, right? Because that's just a standard greeting, like, hey, how's it going? Things are good, awesome, and we move on. But sometimes, on rare occasions, someone will say something so crazy, like, oh, things are okay. Or, man, things have been better. And what do we do sometimes? All right, catch you later. Hope things pick up. You know, we give them a thumbs up or whatever, because we are busy people. I'm a very busy man. I've got several kids and, and, and a lot going on. And often I'll be like, okay, I hope that works out and we move on. Because we don't really listen with intent. We just listen with our ears, which is completely different. Um, maybe, maybe we, we know somebody who, uh, maybe we know someone who asks a question, but they really only ask that question because they want to answer it themselves. You ever found somebody like that? Like they ask you a question, but they just kind of want you to listen to their answer, not really answer their question. Or uh, maybe you know someone who does the whole one-up thing, where no matter how crazy your story is, theirs is just a little wilder. Um, We don't have a problem talking, especially when it comes to talking about ourselves. We don't have a problem talking, but are we listening to the needs of the people around us? A lot of times we hear people Uh, based on our perception of who we think that they are. 
A lot of times uh, we hear what we want to hear. At least that's what my wife tells me all the time. You just hear what you want to hear. Um, I've got a really incredible parenting technique. If you if you are taking notes, there's some spaces at the bottom. You can jot this down. Uh, it's a, it's a reward-based system. So I will say something to my three-year-old son Roman uh, that goes like, "Hey, if you'll get in the bath, I'll give you candy." Right? Some people call that a bribe. I call it reward-based system. It's it's whatever. Uh, it's whatever. When I tell him that, guess what portion of that sentence he hears? That kid's getting candy. And it doesn't matter, you know, he's getting candy. And, and then at that point I really end up having to like drag him uh, very properly, just so we are clear, to the bath. Um, because the very idea of getting candy already gets him just psyched up uh, before he even gets the sugar. It's some kind of a Pavlov's dog thing where he just all of a sudden knows that the candy's coming. Um, and so a bath is, is kind of a, a, an afterthought. And, and we're kind of the same way. Uh, if we know, uh, we're just going to hear what it is that we're looking for. Again, using the same example, how's it going? We're just expecting someone to say things are good or great, thank you. And, and we move on. And, and a lot of times that's not the case. We need to realize, and I'm, I'm talking to this guy first, we need to realize that there is a lot going on around us that we're not aware of. There's a lot going on that we're not aware of. And I'm not just talking about the spiritual realm, though that's a, a, a completely other sermon and, and a valid topic. But I'm talking about just in the physical realm. There are physical things that are going on around us that we need to be aware of, which is my second point, how convenient. Be aware. Be aware. I never miss an opportunity to use this scripture that I'm about to use. For those that have been around here for a little while and heard me speak more often than they want to, you realize that I use this scripture frequently because I can always find a way to make it apply. It's not just my favorite scripture. I think it should be everyone's favorite scripture. So uh, if, you're, if you're still trying to mull over a favorite scripture, you might want to consider this one. Job 33, 14, it says, For God does speak now one way and now another, though man may not perceive it. Why is it your favorite scripture verse, David? Because it reminds me, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's happening, if I say, oh man, where's God? He's speaking to you and to me. It's that we don't pause and take time to listen. Now, I have a very, um, a very high-tech way of remembering certain things. I have alerts on my phone, all right? And it reminds me of important uh, meetings, uh, maybe times that I need to come and, and pick up the kids or doctor's visits, Kentucky basketball games, just really important things that mean a lot to me. I have alerts for on my phone. And I have realized that I don't check in with God near enough, that I'll go about my day working in an office just feet from here, doing the Lord's work, and forgetting to check in with the Lord. And so I've challenged myself, and I set up uh, an, an alert on my phone that happens twice a day that says check with God. Now there's times uh, that I'll be sitting on the couch, and my phone will go off, and, and I'll go check it, and I'll go, oh, really, check with God? I mean, I could have done that without an alert. And then I'll pause, and i go, but what was the last time you checked with God? And so I don't know what kind of way you can try to remind yourself, and maybe it's an alert. Don't set an alert up on my phone because I've got too many. It chirps all the time. But set something up to where you could remind yourself periodically throughout the day to check with God. Now you may say, David, you're a man of God and, and a pastor, and you should be a little sharper. And I understand all of those things, but I'm not. And I'm teaching myself. I'm training myself. So at some point, maybe I won't need an alert. Just instinctively, I will find myself periodically checking in with God because we're missing things that are happening all around us. 
We have to set aside time. And God knew we would be this way. And so throughout the scriptures, we find him saying, look for me in everything. Look for me in everything. Now, God is in the obvious. There is no doubt that God is in the obvious. We find through the scriptures of uh, God speaking through a burning bush. Uh, it did King Nebuchadnezzar with the writing on the wall. Uh, we have a donkey that speaks. God is in the obvious. If we were all to stand up today and walk out and there'd be like the tree on fire or maybe like a deer wanders out of the woods and says, hey, how was Dave's sermon today? You know, That's what a deer would say if it wandered up. Um, we, we would have absolutely no, no doubt that God existed, that God was speaking, that he's in the miraculous and the wonderful. And trees on fire, we'd probably try to put it out, but then we'd think maybe God's speaking and we would just be in awe of God's power. But listen, God's also in the ordinary. He's also in the average, in the mundane, in the everyday. God's always speaking. It's up to you and I to find him. And maybe it's not in something so obvious as a writing on a wall or an audible voice. God is speaking all the time. It's up to you and I to find out what he's trying to say. And it's easy for us to miss an opportunity when we're not looking for it. It's easy for us to put our blinders on and go about our day, whether holiday or regular, uh, average days. We put our blinders on and we just float through life. But listen, your woman at the well experience could come from a, a Publix run or gas station. Maybe your barista your woman at the well. Or maybe, and I don't believe that God could possibly be at the Madison or Toys R Us, but he could be. It's possible. That place doesn't feel like, it feels very void of uh, God's presence. But it could be that your woman at the well experience could come from standing in line, checking out at the Toys R Us. And instead of complaining, like I do, be better than me. Instead of complaining, oh man, is this line ever going to clear up? Are they ever going to sweep the floors? What's happening? You can say, well, let's start a conversation with the person in front of me. Let's start that conversation and see what happens. I read a, a story about a guy who absolutely hated talking about the weather. Small talk was too insignificant and didn't matter to him. He wanted to either get straight to the matter or forget about it. And I struggle with small talk too sometimes, and maybe you do. But the point is, and this guy found out through a, a blizzard and uh, some cold weather and a fascinating story that you uh, won't get the whole details of, he found that small talk leads to something deeper and more meaningful, sometimes. So you might say something like, man, it's cold outside. And if you're looking for an opportunity to minister to someone, if you're really listening, then you'll see that that weather conversation goes way beyond where you thought it would. And sometimes it won't, I'm just saying. There's times that it will if we look at all of our opportunities, like potential ministry opportunities. I was, uh, I, uh, we, were, we were converting our garage when we first moved into the house three years ago into uh, our, our kids' playroom, which seemed like a great idea at the time. I guess it still does when we can just toss all the toys in there and shut the doors. Uh, this was the garage, and so we put up the sheetrock, the carpet, uh, we built some walls. It was a huge process, and, and we were sitting there when it was over, and uh, we realized that the uh, covers for the uh, electrical plug-ins, the sockets there, were white, and God forbid, the plug-ins were cream. Uh, that does not go together, if you did not know. Um, so instead of taking back the covers, which in hindsight would have been probably the right thing to do, uh, I thought, hey, I'm handy, right? You guys see me and you think that guy looks handy. I will uh, sub the sockets, okay? So um, because the room was a little small uh, and dark, it only has one window, I thought, why not leave the electricity on so that I could see, right? Somebody knows where the story's going. And uh, 
I probably don't have to finish it, but for your uh, humor and amusement, I will. Uh, screwdriver, me, first socket, uh, slides off, and I hit the electrical, and I came into contact with something that I was not expecting at all going into this project. Uh, obviously dropped the screwdriver and, you know, cried like a girl and, and uh, gathered my composure and realized this is a story for a sermon one day, and that made everything okay. Um, I came into contact with something I wasn't expecting, and it changed my life. Not, not necessarily in, in a good way, but I'll never forget it. You and I have the opportunity to do just that for people that we come into contact with. They're not looking for Christ. In fact, you might be the only Jesus that they see uh, in Toys R Us in Madison, and I promise you probably are. You might be the only Jesus that people see in your work or in your everyday life. And when they come into contact with you, they're going to leave feeling two ways. They're going to leave feeling like they've come into contact with something amazing and powerful, much like the woman at the well did. Or they're going to leave feeling like that was an average person who's complaining just like me. Two choices. We have to be aware of what's going on. My last point is that we have to be available. We have to be available. In James 4, 7, it says, Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now, I realize most of us, we think um, that sin is doing wrong. Right? I mean, that makes sense. And it is. I don't want to change your theory on that. That would cause chaos. That would be unbelievable. Uh, but I want you to, ch- I want to challenge you to think that sin can also be not doing what we know is right. Refusing to take an opportunity to minister to someone. Refusing uh, to, uh, or even avoiding the people that we come into contact with. Because there are, is a lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt all around us. And it's being masked by smiles and, and friendly holiday cheer, but there's pain behind that. And we have to be available. We can't just be listening and we can't just be aware because it does us no good to be aware of the problems that exist if we are not going to be available. We must be available. Now listen, uh, if we read down to James 4.14, it says, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and vanishes. I don't care if your plans are to be 150 years old, and I hope that all of you are, most of you are. I can promise you that 150 years, even though I've never been there yet, it's quick. It goes fast. No matter how old you are, it goes fast. Because our life, in the grand scheme of things, is just a mist. It's a simple vapor that passes. I realize that doesn't feel exciting or encouraging, but it is because, listen, you have the opportunity to take a lot of time and spend vesting in people knowing that your life is short. You don't have to care what the people around you think because guess what? You're not going to be here much longer, right? So isn't that encouraging to you? My life is short. I want to make the most of every single opportunity that happens in front of me because I don't want to miss anything. My life is short. Even though I'm going to be 150 years old, my life is short. Let's not miss an opportunity because we're not promised tomorrow, but you're promised this second. You're promised the breath that you just took. You're promised the, uh, the trip that you just got in here. You're not promised anything else after that. Make the most of every opportunity. I realize that the holidays are probably not the cheeriest for everybody. I know this becomes really complicated to believe because we've sang Christmas carols and we have an awesome Christmas tree that my son loaned us. And I realize we feel Christmassy, but there are people in our world that don't feel good right now because they're going through junk. Problems don't stop because of the holidays. Problems don't recognize um, that it's Christmas or, 
or that we're supposed to be jolly and happy and sing tunes. Problems go on regardless. What happens is when we're going through trouble, especially this time of year, we become more enclosed and we shut people out. We put on a fake smile and we go about our day. So my challenge to everyone in this room, including myself, is to look for opportunities to minister. To look past the fake facade, facade, look past the, the smile, look past the, um, the front that we put up and look for opportunities. Really listen, be aware, and be available. But for you, maybe, maybe you're in this room and you're saying, I've got some problems myself. I'm going through some struggles myself. And I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get past this. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't take a vacation either. God doesn't stop taking care of our needs. Even if we're too busy for Him, He's still available for us. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.